What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Eight seven seven three seven grind. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. The only thing we ask is you just call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And also, if you want to stream the shows live, uh, and you can leave comments, and I'll read those on air and respond to them in real time and read them on air. And if I don't, I'll respond to them later. But you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well. And like I said, leave those comments and I'll respond to those on air. And also, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, okay, um, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. And if you are traveling or in a market that's not carrying carrying us terrestrial-wise or we are getting preempted, uh, by play by play you can go to the same website as well too and click the listen live button and you'll get us there 877-37-GRIND what's up mr clark you ready yes sir ready to rock and roll all right man so let's see what we got today as we inch closer to the weekend it is thursday um that means that we have another week uh in the nfl kicking off uh tonight we have uh the commanders and the bears um, we also are kicking off Q2, second quarter of the NFL season. Uh, so we will get into that matchup here shortly. Uh, hopefully this is a matchup we won't have Al Michaels bitch and complain too much. Um, it is the Bears and Commanders, but we'll get to that. We've got some other uh, off-the-field NFL news to get to as well. Jonathan Taylor has turned return to the Colts. He's also broke his silence. I'll give my thoughts on that. Uh, we've got, um, of course, baseball. Postseason baseball is up at full swing. The Texas Rangers get it done and eliminate the Tampa Bay Rays as Yavalde just shows – Pretty much what he showed before being with the Red Sox and stuff. It's kind of fell through the cracks and have non-believers, but he's a big game pitcher, man, especially in the postseason. He's the Rangers' best pitcher. Because uh, when I say that, I'm going to say health-wise because I think Matt Serger, you know, he still looks like he's close to a return, but he's dealt with, you know, he's kind of up long in the tooth, but that's still Mad Max. Uh, but he's gone through some injuries. So I think, you know, healthy-wise and ready to go, that's why I give it to Uvalde. But if they were both clean to health and everything, of course, Matt Sir, Max, Mad Max, he's a multi, you know, Cy Young winner. But the Rangers are going forward. Uh, you know, Bochi you know, talked about it a little bit in his post game yesterday. Uh, he just said, hey, you know, honestly, that's probably – you know, we just played probably the two best games that we played pretty much all year. And speaking of actually yesterday's game as well, too. But we all know what Bruce Bochy's about. So they're moving on. Uh, and I think that sets a date up with them with the Orioles, uh, which that's going to be. Um, I'm not, I, you know, I know I went down the other day roughly about my picks here and there, but um, 
I'm going to take a little bit more time to pick that one. Uh, that's going to get going Saturday, I believe, tomorrow or Saturday. Um, I'll let you know on that one tomorrow because that one's uh, that's a doozy. I, I just think the Orioles are the one team in the tournament that uh, really have nothing to lose, uh, that is really above schedule, and really is going to have a home crowd uh, juiced up and rocking and starving since it's been a while since postseason baseball has been at Camden Yards. But what do you got? Yeah, the uh, all, all this divisional round all gets started on Saturday. Uh, it's essentially a pick 'em right now as we sit here on Thursday between the Orioles and Rangers. The Rangers are a small underdog at minus 105, uh, with the Orioles sitting there at minus 115. Your biggest favorite of the divisional round is going to be the Dodgers minus 205 against the Diamondbacks sitting there at plus 175. Uh, Houston Astros, of course, minus 160 against the Twins who advanced, and then the Braves. Minus 170 over the Phillies uh, to take the series. Yeah, that Phillies and Braves series is going to be interesting as well, too. I've stated that I think personally um, Phillies, you know, probably have, you know, Altuve's been in and out of the lineup all season for the Astros dealing with injuries. Uh, They've had a couple other elements. The pitching's been up and down. But if I'm just talking about lineups, the way I look at it, who's left? Um, you know, the Orioles can smash too, but I think lineups, I still going to look at you got the top two, one through nine, and Dodgers and Phillies in regards to the way they're swinging the bats. Now, I'll tell you this the Diamondbacks got hot at the fish grease at the plate. Now, they took care of Milwaukee, and that's very, that, that is, I'm not going to say shocking, but that's surprising to me because, you know, Arizona has really been lights out at home for the most part this year. They are a team that is built to come down from three to four runs at a time. Normally, that has been done, you know, in the desert. Uh, but they were able to go to Milwaukee, uh, a, a team that's been in the postseason here and there over the last few years, has a couple of their core pieces there, still got the same manager. So, um, you know, for the Diamondbacks to be able to do this, uh, you know, on the road and get done with them and to move on is very impressive. Uh, they've gotten hot, but I still think, you know, consistency on the road or at home, I'm still looking at Phillies and Dodgers and the Astros, I will say, have the capability of being in that. So this Phillies and Braves, you know, uh, matchup is very interesting. Um, I don't know if it's the perfect matchup that the ATL would have wanted. Uh, but that's who they have. So that's going to be something that's definitely going to be watching for, you know, as we get through these wild card week and, and really the wild coming. We didn't need no three games for anybody as we know it. Everybody uh, swept. Yeah. It. Twins got it done. Uh, they were over Toronto. Uh, just a horrible, horrible base running blunder and decision by Vlad uh, Gamera Jr. Um, really, I knew that, you know, he was in a situation where it's, you know, two outs, you're down by a run. Uh, you got runners on. Uh, you've got a big bat coming up. And then you get caught sleepwalking or sleep napping on a little longer lead from second than you thought, you, you know, that you had. Uh, just really killed the momentum. And I felt that they were done from that point on, which they were. So you have to tip your hat off to the Twins uh, as well, too, uh, in regards to that. Um, so the Twins are set up. And that's who the Astros have, right? Um, Correct. And a little you know, storyline with that, because uh, I think he's still in lineup healthy-wise. And I know even AC brought up was the fact that Springer is going to be going uh, to – well, no, Springer's with uh, – Yeah, you're talking to, about yeah, Carlos yeah, Carrera. Carlos Carrera, not Springer. Springer's in Toronto. Uh, Carlos Carrera's be going up against his old team. 
So that would be a very interesting little matchup there. So baseball is out and going full swing. Uh, other things that we've got going on as well, um, golf, um, Tiger Woods and Rory. It's been well documented. They've been working on this new league. I think it's a new indoor league of golf. Yeah, the TGL. The TGL. And uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up now, because we talked about it weeks ago when it was rumored, really over a month ago or so. Uh, but the reason why I'm bringing it up today is because they have been cleared and their new league is going to premiere and some of this is going to be aired on ESPN. Um, and just for the passive buyer... Uh, not golf fan, just a passive buyer sports fan or the sports fan. You know, I want to let you know that that is um, that's not that normal. Um, when you're talking about a startup league, because we are talking about the worldwide leader. OK, uh, we're talking about the mouse, the uh, the machine, the monopoly that never gets on Capitol Hill. Speaking of Disney, but for any type of startup league okay um it's very hard you're, you're not going to really be that easy and i'm not saying this was easy for tiger and rory but to get the four-letter network to air your product like that on a league um is pretty impressive now granted this is tiger and this is rory uh but that's not the norm that's not the norm now since i've been breathing and knew exactly what espn was ESPN has been the one network that's sports related that will take a try pretty much on anything. I mean, hell, they, you know, from people thought it was crazy when they started, you know, why are we carrying the national spelling bee? Um, they put pool on TV before people thought that was sexy. Poker, the World Series of Poker. Why are we going to keep people playing on poker? So I say that because ESPN's been known to, like, you know, I'm not saying that they have never been risk takers, but a league. Uh, like this to debut and get ESPN, that's a pretty uh, big deal. So hats off to uh, on the business side of things, the way I look at things, that's a big deal with Tiger and Rory. Don't know what the product's going to look like. Don't know what the rule's going to be. You know, I don't know if this is going to draw me in. I mean, I'm not one of those just because I'm a big Tiger Woods supporter uh, that I'm just going to tune in just because it's Tiger's league. I'm going to have to really see what this is about. What is, is it different from me tuning in and sitting a day and watching a Thursday or Friday of a major or like, say, a big tournament like the Players' Champion? I don't know. I mean, but I'll see how it goes and see that if it's something that can keep my interest. What do you got? Uh, CNBC noting that the inaugural match, when this thing all gets started on January 9th, it's going to be the night after the college football playoff final mm -hmm. title game. And it'll be the it'll be uh, the second one will come following the NFL wild card playoff game. So not only is it going to be on the mouse, but it's also going to be an, have prime in and out kind of deal. You're going to be able to promote it all the night before with the national title game, and then the next week you got it with the uh, following the NFL wild card game. Well, yeah, well, they'll, they'll have so you some, get extra some, eyes on it too, yeah. top of mind. Yeah, and look, I mean, there's people opposite of me of what I just said. There's tiger lovers out there and apologists that are going to sit there 
they're going to tune in regardless. Whether you put this on ESPN, you could have put it on public access television. Uh, those guys or those gals, girls and gals, I should say, and men and women, however you want to put it, they would be tuning in anyway because of Tiger. I'm just a little bit more than that with my time because it's like, damn, I got to watch some of the stuff and pay attention. Like, it's got to be worth my time. You know, I love Tiger, but, you know, we'll see how it works. This works out. 877-37-GRIND. College, uh, you know, we'll get into some matchups. You know, this is still Red River Week. We'll get into that matchup tomorrow. Um, last time I checked, I still saw the line at about six and a half or so favorite Texas. That's a lot, I'll tell you right now, points for a robbery game. But I get it. Uh, I don't think Oklahoma's yet to play really on a big stage yet this season, so people can't really gauge how good this Oklahoma team is. We'll get into that more tomorrow. Pat Fitzgerald has filed a $130 million wrongfully firing lawsuit against Northwestern, his former employee. Um, and speaking of courts and stuff, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is where we're headed with the Mel Tucker situation with Michigan State. Uh, but we've got some updates on the Mel Tucker situation. He has issued a letter um, to the University of Michigan State. Uh, stating there's some new evidence involved in this whole deal in regards to Brenda Tracy. So um, it's a 106-page letter as well. I want to give my thoughts on that. Lifetime contracts are being floated out for the possible of Coach Prime up in Colorado. I'll tell you really what that's about and why it kind of makes sense and why it's being talked about. We'll definitely get into that. And speaking of Michigan State, I've been hearing this for the last couple of days, but getting a chance to finally get to it. Uh, supposedly there's mutual interest into Urban Meyer and Michigan State. Okay. Um, definitely want to give my thoughts and we'll circle back there here shortly. Uh, but we will start with the National Football League, of course. And week five is getting going tonight. Uh, quarter two, like I said, starts, you know, officially. Like, you know, coaches, uh, and I'm programmed that way, you just break down the NFL in quarters, just like you do in life and business. Everybody got their first quarter projections, second quarter. Well, we're entering the second quarter of the National Football League, and it gets going tonight with the commanders. And I think they're at home, right? They're home taking on the Bears. The Bears on the road. Um, two teams that are coming in, um, the commanders. I believe the commanders sit at, what, 2-2? Two and two? Or are they one in three coming in this? We know Chicago's over. We know they still got a Krispy Kreme donut on the side. But Washington Commanders, are they two and two or are they one and three? They're two and two, but they're coming off of back to back losses. They started two right. and zero, oh, so you're okay. on a bit of a, a skid here. Um, you know, when you look at this game tonight, uh, you know, for the most part, I think. Um, Sam Howell has had his bright moments uh, in regards to where you see like, okay, you know, him, this thing with him and B, Eric B, you know, it's working. Uh, same thing I can say on the defensive side. The Washington Commanders, they have had moments on the defensive side of the ball. I still feel like this collective unit that we always hear about with Washington Commanders in regards to how many first rounders on this D-line, um, you, know, you know, who's in and who's out. I just, you know, the bust, maybe bust with Young. I still feel overall they just still always consistently over underachieve. Um, a lot of that has to do with Jack Del Rio. I've said this a hundred times. I think Jack Del Rio, the game has been passed him by. 
you know, he has a loyalty, and I think he's fortunate to still be in this league because there's a loyalty that Ron Rivera has showed him. Uh, but I have not seen any signs overall of improvement from this defensive unit since the last three years or four years they've been there. Um, when I look at the Chicago side of things, um, it really just comes down to is this current coaching staff um, – that are that's going into their second year on the job or maybe it's three now i think it's two because matt Nagy got fired so this is evil first i think this is him going into the second year the question i have are they going to show any signs of improvements or adjustments of the offensive side with justin fields and for the life of me i don't know you know, because remember, toward the end of like the last five or six games of the regular season last year in 2022, you know, Justin really got going. I mean, now a lot of it was with his legs, but Chicago became very competitive toward the last five, six you know, weeks of the regular season. I can't put my finger on it. The reason why it looks so bad up until when you played the worst defense in the league last week, speaking of the Denver Broncos, I don't understand yet why it's been such a struggle. But tonight, I think, is one of those situations to where with Washington, this is still one of these games because of the division, because like Jonas said, you're on a two-game skid, you got to try to get a W tonight. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spit of the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, if you're looking to check out what the latest new products they have that are coming in or 
if you already know what you want, you just want to order it and just have it delivered straight to your doorstep. Don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIND. Uh, we'll get to Dallas here shortly. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Shelby's checking in with us on Facebook Live. Uh, and she says, hey, Cal, been reading that the Steelers are not happy with Matt Canada. Your take on Gruding might or might not be a better fit. Well, first of all, Shelby, I I don't know if uh, Chucky didn't sign you as an agent, but She's you've been. Yeah, you. it sounds like you're trying to get this guy back into the league for one. Uh, for two, no, because I don't think. Shelby, that no one really right now is actively looking to hire John Gruden. There's a still a legal mess that's out there. It's in courts already. Uh, he has sued the Raiders in the NFL, I believe, along with Brian Flores and everybody else. So I don't feel that John Gruden is going to be on anybody's list. I know since training camp that we've talked about, you know, um, him being a consultant uh, with the Raiders on the side, helping Derek Carr with this offense. Because, you know, again, Dennis Allen was with the Raiders when Carr was there. And similar to this offense is what he was kind of running. Or I, well, let me rephrase that. The offense that Dennis Allen was going to implement this year was going to be a lot of what he was similar running when Gruden was there. But really making him a coordinator, I don't see that anytime. I'm not going to say impossible, but I don't see that anytime soon. Shelby, first of all, you know, I've been a John Gruden fan myself. Uh, over the years, but and I've always found myself defending that because if you want to talk about records, if you go look at his coaching record, um, other than the Super Bowl that was a long time ago, where a lot of people felt that that was the back of Tony Dungy, that was really Tony Dungy's squad. He just couldn't have a good offensive scheme back then to get past the greatest show on turf. Speaking of the Rams, lost to them two years in a row in the NFC title game. Um, he never really got that much credit for it. Speaking of Chucky. So he's already had that. His time with the Raiders the first season or two wasn't impressive. So to me, I, I don't think he's as hot as commodity Shelby as you think he is. Um, he's not. And and, and, I, and I damn sure. Um, and, and if you know. Um, and, and again, I sit in this seat. So again, I, I've learned over the years. I can't assume that fans and football fans are going to look at everything the way I do, or basically from the business and professional standpoint, you just think of a name and a coordinator. The bottom line is, is what the Pittsburgh Steelers stand for Shelby and what John Gruden, the reason why he's not coaching anymore, or Mark Davis had to let him go. Do you think Pittsburgh would actually bring a man like that on the sideline? I don't think so. So, so no. So with all that said, to answer your question, no, it's no fit. And I don't even think it's a option for John Gruden with anybody right now. If he's going to get a gig, it would probably be with the gig that he they've been letting him work behind the scenes for the last four or five, six months. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So moving on. Okay. Uh, sticking with the theme. So we'll see uh, tonight. Uh, you said, let me see. Check on this. So tonight, because uh, it's really not too much, you know, uh, sorry, Terry Glenn. I know it's not too much to pretty much break down on this game tonight because uh, you have one team that's trying to stop a two-game losing streak and you got one team that's trying to get out of the Krispy Kreme market. Um, Washington, they, though, is who? Bears? Are the Bears really trying to get that dub? Yeah, man. Now look, man. I, I don't I will I will entertain 
the sports world we live in because I do a talk show for a living for daily. And I will use the terms if y'all want to tank. But I'm not going to change my philosophy where I don't believe teams in the National Football League really tank. You can do things to um, set up yourself not to be that successful if you feel like it's a season loss. If you look at the rosters, like, look, we're not a Super Bowl, let alone a Super Bowl team. We're not a playoff team. You can allow to uh, choose to play younger players. You you can play a lot of, you know, practice squad guys or guys that are rookies. And you can put yourself in a situation where you could be looking at a top five pick overall if you finish the season. But deliberately sitting there saying, nah, we don't want to win. The This coaching staff and majority of these players have to look at the day and now and the week and now and the season now because even if the Bears would be that bad and let's say they win one game all year, two games – the guys that are playing maybe outside of Justin Fields, they're not going to be there anyway because most likely it's going to be a new coaching staff. It's going to be a new GM. And what you do now is the, what you put on film and tape going forward. So it doesn't make any sense for these guys to go out here and say, well, we really don't want to. It doesn't matter. You know, that was the narrative for the Arizona Cardinals coming into this season. And look how they played. They've been in every damn game they played pretty much already they don't look like they're trying to lose anyway because that coach this is his first year these wins are going his record he ain't he don't care what the front office even if the front office made decisions ownership like hey man you know what Kyler ain't gonna be right we gonna leave Kyler on the pup list all damn year we've already paid him this isn't a good team we got a new coach we're just gonna blow it up we're gonna start up we're gonna get another top pick the ownership they can put that message down to the gym it don't mean those 50 guys down there and that head coach and those coaching staff are gonna execute this this ain't the WWE man this I know we've got a lot of conspiracy people out there, especially in the gambling world, everything. Y'all swear up and down this stuff is scripted and it's fake. It's not. So, no, I don't think that. And I'm looking at this line. If I'm a Commanders fan, that money line, 270, is very scary for me. Uh, the Washington football team, because I saw this at a six and a half or seven, it's down to an even six. Chicago is beating somebody this season. I know it doesn't look like that. I know they should have got their first win maybe last week, but they kind of gave up, you know, uh, the draws per se, I, even though I think it was taken from them. But they're going to beat somebody. Why not the Commanders? And when I, with all that said, I ain't saying they, I ain't picking them to win tonight, but I don't think if you're Washington, oh, it's just the Bears. Oh, it's just the Bears. Now, you should get a good effort from the commanders because they're going to take that notion. We ain't losing to this team. We can't lose to this team. And if you saw a team that at home just blew a 21-point lead, then you would think, like, come on, you know. And the commander's defense is playing better than the defense of the team they just played. So we'll see how it uh, how it plans out. But if it's a boring game, a stinker, trust me, Al going to let us know about it. Herb Street will start talking about some of these matchups on college Saturday. I still will never get used to Herb Street calling NFL games. It's just with props to a man. He's a hustler. He's one of the hustlers in the business. Thousand of miles. He's fly this and this, but I still can't get used to him calling NFL play games. I'm used to him defending Ohio State all the damn time every time he gets a chance to, but I'm never going to get used to him calling NFL games. 877-37-GRIND. Sticking with the NFL, um, keeping it moving, um, Jonathan Taylor is back with the Colts. Um, he's been back this week practicing. We know, you know, I knew this was coming up to 
the decision um, that was due because I still believe mutually they agreed to do this first four week process of, you know, look, we know it's kind of rocky waters here. You know, um, we're probably not going to get what we want for you. We understand where you stand. So to save you some money, whatever, let's just start the first four weeks of the public. They mutually agreed to it. So why? So you can get the results. The results of what? What? This, what are the results of the Colts going to be sitting at the quarter mark? And we know what that is. They're two and two. Okay. Um, and they've had an offense that has been a lot of Anthony Richardson design run plays and quick to leave the pocket when there's nobody open reads. We've seen a team that doesn't have explosive plays out of the passing game yet. I don't think that's all on Anthony Richardson. I think some of that is on their receiving core. Uh, but I'm going to stay consistent. This is their best player that is coming back to play. And this is kind of if, – if, if I – as an NFL fan, if I couldn't see Jonathan Taylor with McDaniels in Miami, which would have totally been – that would have been the contra cheat code. That was – I mean – that would have been a cheat code where you can skip fighting Piston Honda and go straight to fight Mike Tyson on Mike Tyson punch out. I know some of you youngs don't know nothing about that, but that's just what it is. It wouldn't have been fair. Now, because if you see this guy, what name, Acho Man or whoever picked up on fan, didn't even play him last week. But if you see him pretty much the third rated running back off of two games, and I know when you put 70 up on some of that helps, if he could do that out of nowhere, what the hell you think Jonathan Taylor could do in this offense? But pay to the attention of the key word Jonathan Taylor said when the press is trying to, hey, Jonathan, you know what's going on? What are you? I'm here for now. That's the key. I'm here for now. Translation. I'm gonna, I came in this game as a professional, and I'm going to remain professional, and I'm going to go and show up. So for one, so I don't get fined. This is one of these Marshawn Lynch things. I'm here so I don't get fined. That's part of that. And it's part to see, like, okay, what does this look like? Now, I don't know if he's going to play this week or not. I mean, I would assume. I mean, he said in his statement that he's healthy. He's he's been. First of all, keep in mind. Let's not lose. This, let's not lose thought of sight of this. He's been telling us from him, not from Ursay, not from Ballard, but from him. I'm healthy. I have no back problem. Remember, the Colts are the ones that lied and tried to say, oh, man, he's coming to a bad back. No, he's not. He already said that. So, again, when he meets the press yesterday, he reiterates, doubles down, I'm healthy. So, now that we know he's healthy, he should play. Now, he should be on a snap count. I'm not saying if you don't start him, you mix him in a certain package. I'm cool with that. If he doesn't play this weekend, then my antenna is going to go up. And I just think it's one of those that, hey, it is what it is. Um, but he's back. It's going to be, if he plays, it will be exciting to see what this looks like. Cause I think at that time we can start really, I mean, I like what I've seen from Steichen so far. Uh, he looks like he can control a roster of 50 guys, uh, making that transition from being a coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator to a head coach. He looks like he's able to transition, um, you know, uh, cause I think forever going forward, Hackett's going to be the measuring stick for that, for all first time year coordinators. That is going to be the measuring stick. As long as you're not in Hackett territory. And I don't think, uh, Steichen's that has showed that he's there, but however, I think we finally get to see what this playbook was supposed to look like. And Anthony Richardson's first year, if Jonathan Taylor is going to come back and play and he's going to cooperate.
Okay, and 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 I feel like the Colts bow, and and you probably have to give some credit to Ballard on this because Ballard is the one that came out a month ago say, hey, I think we can still salvage this. I think you know I'm about. I know we're in the you know things are icy cold, but I think we can still salvage this. And I told you that came from a guy that he knew that his boss. The owner of the team is the one that made this situation go from bad to worse. And I think that this is one of those things that the Colts, credit to Ballard, have put themselves in a position what NBA teams try to do. When you've got a superstar that says he wants out, I don't want to be here, or if he's coming in that last year of the contract and he doesn't want to sign that extension, but you choose not to trade him because it's like we really want to keep him and we're going to let this play out and hope he changes his mind, that's the situation that the Colts are in with Jonathan Taylor. What they're hoping is that if we bring him back and he plays and he's healthy and he sees the plan and the vision that Steichen has along with Anthony Richardson and they start winning games or at least they're in competitive and they stay in the hunt throughout the season as a, for a wild card division, then all can be well and maybe you go ahead and get a long-term deal together with Jonathan Taylor. But that's really what it is and I think that's the reason why Jonathan Taylor is choosing his words very carefully, meaning I'm here for now. Not saying I'm a cult for life, but I'm here for now. Now could be this week. Now could be up until Halloween, trade deadline. And that's also, too, keep in mind, I'm glad I brought that up because just coming to the top of my dome, this also could be part of the plan for both sides. They could be both on the page. Like, you know what? Trade deadline is coming at the end of this month close to Halloween. Trick or treat. And we're going to find out, like, either one, where you're at, or two, put some new, fresh, healthy, good film on tape and therefore that could be for other teams and maybe come the trade deadline we can maybe get closer to what we really want for you if you come back and you basically have three games or so that you perform very well so I think you have two angles you have two situations that are playing out here with the Jonathan Taylor and Indianapolis Colts situation and we just have to sit back and look and see which one what they come into a fork of the road. Are you going to go right? Are you going to go left? Are you going to keep straight ahead? And we're going to find out here over the next few weeks. But if he doesn't play today, uh, this week, and keep in mind, he has already said he's healthy. I would sit there and proceed with caution. And I would wonder even if he's going to play next week or if he's ever going to play it down for the Colts again, because you can practice all you want. But until you play games, is that's when you know. But I feel like he is going to play eventually because I just feel like he's got to put some games in for those two scenarios that I told you. And it really, if they want to get something for him, if anything, 877-37-GRIND. All right. Also, moving on, um, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys that are getting ready to be, uh, play a very, very important game this weekend, which we'll get all the way into tomorrow um, against the San Francisco 49ers. Primetime, Sunday night football in America, um, where all the chips lie. You know, I talked about it yesterday with Mike McCarthy kind of like sending mix. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of what you live for. The games you coach for, well, it's just another game. No, it's not. And when you hear a report today, now you can look at this too. I, I look at this two ways. I don't know which way to look at it, but you can look at it. There's a report today that today Dallas Cowboys, all starting offensive linemen for the first time since 2021, practice in full pads and a full contact padded practice. Now, when I hear that, the glass half full, glass half empty. 
is this pretty much saying like, hey, this is the first time that we've had all our guys first team healthy enough to practice on the offensive line since 2021? Or is this a situation to where we have a policy here where normally because of our offensive linemen, we usually don't we don't have them practice or all of them in pads. I don't know which one yet on that because I can see either way. Now, if this is the first time that they've just been healthy, do it, be able to fully padded practice healthy starting offensive linemen, that's one thing. But if it's another thing, if you feel like, okay, this is the first time we're going to practice in full pads because offensive line because of this reason. And if it's for that reason, what it tells me is that there that's concerning for one. But number two, you know that you're about to play a physical brand of football game. Like, if you look through the first four weeks and the Dallas games that they've played, okay, um, I know what it was on tape with Arizona and how they tackle them. I'm willing, how they attacked them, excuse me. I'm looking to basically chalk that up maybe as a one off. But if you look at the four games, including with the Patriots, Dallas has pretty much dominated physicality over their opponents, maybe for the exceptions of that Arizona game, okay? And I'll take that as a one off. But they know the opponent that they're going to be facing this Sunday night. They're not going to be able to do that. Like they can be physical. They can try to oppose their will on the D line against the 49ers offensive line. But the reality of the thing, it's going to be matched back with some force. Since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been a tandem in San Francisco since they first started respectfully for the first time in their positions on their jobs. I've yet to see a 49er team healthy, for the most part, in a game where they've been really dominated physically. I haven't seen that. And I don't think that's going to start this Sunday. Doesn't mean Dallas can't win this game. I mean, they've got the re revenge factor. I mean, every, I mean, this is a team that has ended your season for two, two straight years, one in your own building, one on the road. So the revenge factor edge is to Dallas with the point to prove. That's why I said Monday, who has the most to prove in this matchup? I still think, believe, believe it or not, even though this is playoff implications and home feeling, you know, way advantage and stuff, but it's still the Dallas Cowboys. But that first fully padded practice, I'm going to take it a little bit this way that possibly they know they're in a physical matchup or maybe it's just a health reason why they first all been healthy. What do you got? I can confirm it's health. You can confirm Dallas for a reason, health news. reason? It's okay. A, it's about them having a healthy Okay. Line. All right. Well, I guess that's good news. Let's see how it plays out then this Sunday night. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spinning the One and Twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobell's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobell is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 